2: Monday morning, the 31st of May. Good morning with much debate and discussion from now till 11am. This is Michael Reid on LMFM. The announcement from government on Friday brought hope to a nation which has spent more than a year under the coronavirus cosh.
1: We're almost back to a point where we can just enjoy the ordinary, extraordinary moments in our lives. The sense of hope. Excitement and relief is palpable.
2: Finally, it seems the end of the road is in sight.
1: The end of this. Is within our grasp.
2: Within our grasp, but not all at once. Reopening will be one step at a time in the different stages planned over the summer. Public health
1: advice is to do it in stages, uh, that large numbers of people coming all at once would have been problematic from the outset. So if you notice over the last number of weeks, we've been doing this on a phase, gradual basis, and it's working. You know, we've managed to open up a lot schools, construction, retail. Uh, personal service, hairdressing, uh, religious services, without causing spikes. Uh, and that's very good, which means we can reopen more. And now we're reopening hotels, bed and breakfasts and, and guest houses in the 2nd, and then outdoor dining, outdoor drinking on the 7th. Uh, and this is managing... Because we want to reopen, and anything we reopen, we want to keep open.
2: The shock on Friday, full of hope. But the beautiful summer weather, combined perhaps with people feeling less threatened, led to what uh, the chief medical officer said was shocking. Tony Houlihan said he witnessed open-air parties taking place as people dropped their guard. And then yesterday, Michal Martin was back talking about compliance.
1: As always, first of all, the most important thing with compliance is that people themselves adhere to the guide. That's a sanction. Uh, you know, and, and without people's adherence and people working with us, uh, you know, this would never have been possible from the onset of the pandemic But the Gardaí are there to monitor the regulatory Uh, enforcement side of it and to make sure that as they engage, that that people will comply.
2: The Taoiseach, Micheál Martin, let's speak to the Minister for European Affairs, Thomas Byrne from TD and me, the East on the line with us. A very good morning to you, Minister, and thank you indeed uh, for joining us. I suppose a lot of us were shocked like Tony Hulham, but uh, I think many of us probably weren't surprised, young people being young people and the weather being as good as it was, to see them come together over the weekend. Perhaps something can be done to stop that from happening again. But there were equally shocking scenes, if not more so, in Betty's town yesterday, where a fist fight broke out. Uh, remarkable behaviour, given uh, the restrictions that we've all been living under for so long.
0: Yeah, well look, I mean, first of all, I mean, people are going to go out, they're going to enjoy the good weather, and I certainly don't begrudge that. Uh, people want to do that. We've been locked up for long enough. Uh, the winter was pretty hard. It's it's unlike last year. Uh, this is. Kind of the first bit of good weather last year. I think we had consistent good weather during the lockdown. Um, I think that's the difference now. So I think people were ready to, you know, to let loose to some extent um, in terms of you know meeting people. And I, I don't begrudge that at all. Having said that, I think it's you know if we can keep numbers down, it just opens up so many opportunities to us. Now, as regards to Betty's Town, I mean, look, I mean that's obviously I presume under guard investigation at the moment, and I wish to guard the guard uh, the best look in the investigation. And I mean, I, I, I can't see how that's associated with COVID. Uh, our lockdowns are, are, are opening up. It just shouldn't happen at any time. And in fact, well, it
2: shouldn't happen at any time. But I, I suppose uh, the point I'm making is uh, that with the good weather, people come out, they drink, and sometimes they do things that they're not meant to do, whether that's uh, gathering in big crowds, not respecting the social distance guidelines, or, or punching the heads off
0: each other. Well, look, I mean, as regards Dublin, I don't think look you would accept those crowds and those kind of back streets off Grafton Street. Uh, outside of COVID I mean that's the question I would put would, would this be tolerable outside of COVID and on a Saturday afternoon early evening probably not now it's probably a lot to do with pubs obviously not being open
2: well it is but obviously it. I mean that wouldn't yeah. be happening people would be inside the pubs
0: yeah, yeah and and unfortunately then being inside is obviously a much much higher risk I think we know that now there's, there's much lower risk outdoors but it's not completely eliminated and of course when you're mixing the data up close and spending a lot of time with people, obviously the risk increases. So, But then there's time, the litter
2: and the toilets and uh, the uncontrolled situation, which I suppose could lead to situations like the one we saw in Bettystown yesterday.
0: Again, I don't know the details of what happened in Bettystown yesterday. It was pretty frightening. My own child was down on a, with some family members down on the beach around the time it happened, and I think the word went out to get out of the place. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's pretty horrendous, and i say that's something to regard an investigation, and I would treat that completely separately. It okay. should not happen.
2: Well, it's not something that uh, is uh, a million miles away from what we're talking about, because what we're talking about is the consumption of alcohol on the streets, uh, and not necessarily relating to that specific incident, but we do know that when people have a, a few drinks, Uh, then things start to happen. And without barmen and security and so on, uh, there isn't any way of uh, ensuring uh, public order.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, look, public order is a matter of the guardian We're going to open outdoor uh, dining and drinking uh, next week uh, and then indoor the month after. The difficulty is if indoor were opened already, I think case numbers would go up and that would definitely, definitely have an impact, particularly on international travel. I mean, there are countries out there at the moment that are allowing in people, even without a test or even a vaccine, if the, if their case numbers are low enough. And, you know, that's the point I've been making. There's a lot of discussion about international travel and all that. That can open up, I mean, it will open up in the 19th of July, but it could actually open up without even the restrictions that are on it in terms of vaccine certs or test certs or whatever, if our numbers became low enough. And unfortunately, just, you know, the reality is the more we mix and it's so natural to mix, um, those mm. those those numbers will stay.
2: But will we not see as scenes? As they are? Will we not see scenes like that again next weekend? Until there is outdoor dining on uh, the seventh, uh, because it's inevitable, isn't it? Uh, young people are going to come together, particularly if uh, the weather is good. And if it is to be avoided, uh, well, how can that be achieved? Is it a question of closing off streets before people gather in them?
0: No, I don't think it's a question of closing off streets. I, I'm not in favour of that at all. I mean, I, I wonder would it be possible if, if Gardaí are available to maybe reduce the numbers um, gathering on streets? Because, I mean, nobody has a difficulty with, with smaller groups of people, I presume, gathering around the place, talking, enjoying good weather. It's, I mean, it's so so healthy for people to do that. The difficulty comes when it gets uh, huge crowds, and particularly when people don't bring their litter home. I mean, that's the, that's the only thing I'd be willing to criticise people outright for, is bring your litter home um you know the bins obviously we need to put bins there but i mean that's that's the lesson we're teaching children all the time is bring your litter home so that's, that's the only issue i have um but i think i think maybe it is it might be possible to crowd control in some way to allow lower numbers and by the way this has happened in a variety of mm. european cities i mean i'm watching the, the the scene across europe for the last few months it has happened from time to time mm. particularly when weather um, but people don't bring is. their
2: litter home. I'm sure where your son was uh, yesterday enjoying the sunshine with uh, lots of other people on Betty Town Beach. There were a lot of people there who did bring their rubbish home, but I'm sure there was an awful lot of I'm people who with d-
0: Dublin in Dublin particular. I mean there was a, oh, a lot of scenes in Dublin.' just in the streets.
2: but whether, whether it's young people drinking on the streets of Dublin or people uh, going for a day out on the beach, there's a lot of people who don't bring their
0: rubbish home. There is, but I have to say, I think I think there's a marked difference between attitudes when I was young um, uh, in this era. I think there really is, and that's why I'm surprised to see a lot of rubbish on the streets. I think there's a real, you don't, people don't casually drop litter now. Yes, they do, maybe when alcohol is involved and bags of cans are left. That, you know, that that's an issue, it shouldn't well, happen.
2: you're not suggesting Betty's Town Beach was spotless when everybody went home yesterday.
0: No, I'm not, but I think, to be honest, taking the cars off it has definitely had a help. Uh, in terms of <laughs> rubbish not being left behind it's quite easy to hide it under no, the car or whatever yeah. and drive off so I, suppose it's I think that's been really either. positive
2: So so, so, uh, you believe that the guards should uh, make uh, the numbers smaller when people gather next but weekend because th- undoubtedly they will gather next weekend yeah, or or, if, if or should that- it be a case that takeaway points shouldn't be allowed uh, uh, until uh, such time as there is outdoor dining or should the date of uh, the 7th be brought forward to Thursday or Friday of this week
0: Well you know I'm Look, I mean, we've, we've allowed takeaway points. The Gardaí always have powers to close venues if there's a public health or public safety issue. And they've, they've done that many times in the past. Nothing to do with COVID. They can do that. I'm not in favour of closing off public streets. The public streets are there to be enjoyed, particularly if they're non-residential, like if they're, if they're city centre streets. People are entitled to be out in the streets. It's a basic fundamental right. But if there are issues of safety, and there are, we know, with the health situation... And then I think it might be possible to control numbers on those streets. But that's the garda in Dublin particularly, uh, and on beach resorts as well, will have to be thinking of that over the next few days, and I have no doubt that they will be. But also, it's incumbent on all of us to make sure and uh, that we don't unnecessarily gather if we can avoid it we're going to have so much time after this we've come so far people mm. and you know i'm really conscious of the sacrifices people have made and the sheer boredom for a lot of people mm. uh particularly throughout the winter and it's so natural to to, to, to want to meet and greet and talk mm. um but the vaccine program is going really really well and um, you know we're going to have a huge proportion of the population vaccinated and by the time we reopen uh mm. indoor dining in in, in july and, and that's, that's the key to success. And everything. maybe these and
2: scenes over the weekend wouldn't be as bad if all of the people had been vaccinated, but you'd gather that most of the people haven't been vaccinated because it's predominantly young people.
0: And look, it's the same issue across Europe, it's the same issue in mm. Britain as well. I mean, there are, there are people gathering um, in Britain as well, and, and that age group is not vaccinated yet uh, there either. This, but this could this result
2: group. in lockdowns in Dublin, for example? Uh, because well, this look, is the other thing that people are talking about now, that there could be localised lockdowns.
0: Well, the localised lockdowns would be areas where there's very high, high rates. Now, we've seen high rates locally here in the northeast. In some areas, we've seen high rates in Limerick in particular. Um, we don't want to go there. I mean, it's always possible. We've, we've seen it being possible over the last year. Mm. But what we've tried to do is, by reopening gradually, and up to now, it has worked, mm. that we haven't seen a huge spike in cases, combined with, obviously, the vaccine programme. We have not seen a huge spike in cases, and that has allowed us to continue. So we started off mm. really with schools, construction uh, non-essential retail etc etc are moving on gradually and mm. the idea is the hope is, the objective is the well thought out plan is to make sure that we don't have to reverse on that. Well one That's of the worst
2: rates uh, as things stand in the country is in the Drogheda area I think so could it be that uh, there will be localised lockdowns if we see a surge in cases particularly because of this Indian variant and particularly because the vaccines only have limited protection against that variant uh, in Dublin perhaps uh, because of these gatherings maybe those people will see are coming uh, to the local towns uh, and villages in Meath and in Louth, for that matter, and local lockdowns uh, as a result of that. Uh, and could it be that you'd be under lockdown and able to go on a holiday on the 19th?
0: Uh, no, that's, I, I, I'm not going to predict that at all, Michael. I think that's, that's highly unlikely. Um, what I would say is that in areas, and you're right, Drogheda, there are high numbers, and out, there's a free there's free testing available, uh, in any of our test centres, people can walk in and get a test. I would urge them to do that if they got symptoms, mm. they got to self isolate because that's what we don't want. To
2: but happen. if we have localized lockdowns, what will happen from the nineteenth when international travel is allowable?
0: I'm, 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 I'm not, I'm not predicting that. I don't foresee it because I think what's happening is the vaccine program is rolling out so well. But at the same time, it's really, really important that we all just don't forget the normal public health advice. But I, it's, 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 it's not in my. If to predict lockdowns. And I think, quite frankly, the opposite is a case that we won't have. But it does depend on people uh, getting tested. You should go down and get tested if you, if you mm. think you've symptoms. You're entitled to go in there. Um, there are relatively high testing rates in that draw at a test centre, as I understand mm. it, and in some other parts of the country. That's entirely natural. And what happens as well with COVID we've seen over over the last year is that different areas go in cycle. So at one point, you'll have a spike and everyone has to be careful. And then that moves on because people start taking the measures or Mm. people are self-isolating. This is within our grasp, as the Taoiseach said. And we all have to take responsibility. Public health are doing their absolute level best. I mean, the testing system that we have, there was some criticism last year. It's one of the best testing systems in the world. And the vaccine programme, you know, apart from Britain, we're now catching up in America. Mm. It is one of the best vaccine programmes in the world. uh, And I think sometimes we're too hard on ourselves. We are doing so well and um, the, the compliance here has been absolutely fantastic okay. and it's just that little bit extra uh, for the next for the next few weeks to get us through this vaccine programme even more than we are uh, to ensure uh, that we don't have to go back uh, on any of the reopenings and that we move on uh, from public health and, and wish them luck and resource them mm. as best we can, which I know the Government's Commission is doing uh, for the future um, but to, 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 to make sure we can begin normal lives and at some point as well, I mean, we're going to have to look after the third world as well because you know, it's grand us been vaccinated or mm-hmm. European been vaccinated, uh, but there will still be a problem lingering around the world if um, other countries there'll aren't vaccinated. there will be new variants and, and those
2: variants will come back to us and perhaps our, our vaccines won't protect us against these new variants. Uh, well, and that's what happens if you don't vaccinate everybody in the world. Uh, but When we get to the 20th of July, people listening to us this morning are planning holidays. I take it that there were some people who booked holidays after the government's announcement on Friday. What will it mean for them if they have young children, children aged 7 to 18, who will have to get a PCR test in order to travel? Will they be able to get that test at one of the vaccination centres or will they have to pay for these tests?
0: No, I mean, the situation is that the rules in regards children are different, almost at the moment anyway, in every country in the European Union. So, we're, I think the European Union will come together this month to try and get some coherence of those rules. I think once public health considerations start reducing, uh, the European Union, I think, will insist on a common approach. So example, France, Spain, Portugal at the moment, as I understand it, um, they all require PCR tests if you want to go into them, uh, even for vacation after, after the 19th of July. Now, we're actually, th- those countries that border, France, including Ireland, are meeting tomorrow morning by VC and we're going to discuss all of these issues. I'll be, I'll be at that meeting. But at the moment, I mean, there's a lot of talk about antigen testing and I'm, I'm not getting into the scientific debate. I think there is a place for them, mm. but it is also a fact that many European countries don't accept antigen tests. Quite, quite a few do, but many of them don't. Mm. Um, but, so, so, but,
2: but the requirement uh, leaving this country is that children aged 7 to 18 will have a, a PCR, a negative PCR test, is it not?
0: Well, the requirement, the requirement leaving the country will depend on the country that you're going to. This is, the, this is the difficulty with all of this and why we need more coherence at European level. So, some countries don't require it for under 12s, some countries require it for over 2s. Um, we have our own rules then. Um, so, so, we are going to need more coherence. The state is never going to subsidise a vacation. The European Union has put in place £100 million, uh to subsidise uh, tests and to get more tests out. Now they, I think that would apply to any kind of travel, but there's a lot of travel that needs to happen at the European level for family reasons, for work reasons. and They, they want to they get a handle on the cost of tests because it is a huge issue. And this was a big issue in the negotiation of the digital green set that I was involved in. So um, as part of that negotiation, the European Union has put forward $100 million to try to reduce the cost. It's something I'm going to be working on in, in the next few weeks, and I think government will consider. Now, I can't see the Irish government subsidising testing for holiday purposes. I just, I just can't see it happening. Um, but what we want to do is try and reduce the costs, reduce the requirements. And this is the point I made earlier. If our numbers are low enough nationally, then countries are probably going to stop requiring tests from us. Um, and like that, that that's, that has happened already in some countries. Um, so, so, so I think that's part of the reason why I'm so keen that we keep the numbers down, even if the risks reduce, or not entirely eliminated as, as, as people are younger. Um, but if our numbers are down nationally, then then these things could change. And a lot has changed. Like let's be honest, Michael, a lot has changed in two or three months. I mean, I was on your show three mm. months ago, and there was absolute shock that the T shock might consider going to to the White House for St. Patrick's Day, and now. As I certainly predicted, I think on, on a different show uh, near that time, the debate would change. And the debate has changed, and rightly, because numbers have gone down and people have worked so hard. Um, but, but I think, and that's what I'm saying, we still have another six weeks before that 19th July comes up. And I think there's a lot of, a lot of things can happen for the positive between now and then.
2: OK, but what, what is uh, the position uh, in terms of the regulation? We're all allowed to travel from the 19th of June or, or uh, overseas, is it?
0: Well, no, within the European Union, I mean, th- there'll be no issue once you're fully vaccinated and uh, you'll, be, you'll be able to travel. Um, if, if you're not fully vaccinated, you might, need a, you might need a test to go into a particular country. There are some countries that are saying if you've got one uh, dose of a vaccine, you don't need a test. So, again, the rules are different everywhere. Uh, and then coming back into Ireland, then obviously, if you're fully vaccinated from the European Union, uh, there's no issue. Uh, if you're not fully vaccinated, as things currently stand, uh, you will need a PCR test within three days. Uh, of coming into Ireland. And those rules are similar enough for a number of European countries, particularly on the western side of Europe. They may change, though, um, but as things currently stand, they are the rules.
2: Right, OK. Um, I'm, ju- I- I'm just very confused. Uh, maybe we can just uh, take 30 seconds to listen to what Eamon Ryan said about children travelling after the 19th of July.
1: Yes, it does mean that. Children under seven won't have to. The, 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 it won't apply. And all these, uh, this is complicated, the travel arrangements. Unfortunately, the, it's the nature of it, of the public health measures we have to put in. But the one, one important way to look at it, remember, it, is it also it relates to people coming into the country or coming back to the country. Uh, the further complication is is that in going out, the what you may need to do may vary across Europe. Uh, the, each European country has been given a certain freedom as to what they, you know, what requirements they will apply. So it is, I'm afraid, complicated. It is a temporary. All these, as, as we said earlier, are measures that we hope to uh, withdraw in time. But but for the immediate period, yes, uh, <coughs> children between seven and eighteen will have to get that uh, PCR test.
2: Okay, um, but it depends on where you're going. Is that the situation? Well, no,
0: I think he's well, he, what he's talking about exactly is the Irish rules. So in terms of coming to Ireland between seven and eighteen, but there are other countries where they require them for two, and uh, there are other countries where it's under twelve. So that's exactly the point he's making that these rules are different in every country. Most airlines have a list of them. Uh, you can check the, the countries. Uh, foreign affairs website uh, as to the rules that's there. Our Lingus website actually is pretty good um, for for this, but the point that Eamon made is the point I'm making as well. Mm. These are changing and I hope will change for the better. At the moment there simply are different rules in different countries in the European Union because of public health. The European Commission will be trying now over the next few weeks to bring more coherence to that. I'm confident that will happen, particularly as public health considerations, I hope, uh, reduce with the vaccine programme and I hope with lower numbers.
2: Okay. Thank you, Minister. We leave it there. Thank you indeed for joining us uh, this morning. That is uh, the Minister for European Affairs and Finifol TD from Meath East, Thomas Byrne. Michael,
0: Michael Reed on LMFM. On LMFM. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow-up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo.